Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, welcome to the Remnant Call. I am your host, Brother Frank. Glad to be here with you. Um, quick note, if you did not hear last week's message, it was simply called A Message You Need to Hear. And I can't say anything else except for it's a message you need to hear. There's a lot of hope, a lot of uh, help, and it's in that message. So if you missed it last week, please go back and, and listen to that. Um, you won't regret it because the Lord is still in the business of working miracles and saving lives. Well, tonight we have talked about it. We said it was coming, and it is now here. And that is the broadcast on fasting and prayer. Brother Benjamin Brook, I'm going to bring him in here in just a moment to talk about this thing. A lot of people, you know, maybe never wanted to fast before. Told maybe they've contemplated it now or never thought about it. But when you understand the power of doing it God's way, the way he ordained it to be, uh, folks, I'm telling you, the Lord gave this as a supernatural weapon for you to no matter where you're at, that there's nothing that can't be overcome. And Brother Benjamin is going to talk about that tonight. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him on the air. Brother Benjamin, are you here with me? Hey, Frank. Good evening. Amen. Well, Benjamin, this is something people have asked for. They've been wanting it. So, brother, thank you so much for coming on to share this uh, this powerful message um, with with um, with the audience. Benjamin, I just quickly, I remember in 1999 when I first read the Day of the Lord is at hand, and the Lord worked a miracle. Uh, first, He had my daughter that was born uh, that kind of shook me up and. And when I started to get shaken up, somebody gave me this powerful book called The Day of the Lord is at Hand, and I read it, and God changed my life. And Brother Benjamin, the first thing you talked about that I remember after the book sunk in about what was going on, I remember about praying and fasting. And Brother, thank you so much for getting me in that kind of a lifestyle and in that way because it is a game-changer for the believer. So God bless you for that, Brother Benjamin. And and with that, I'm just going to ask that you'd open this show up with a word of prayer, and Brother, take us where the Lord is leading you. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Frank, and and uh, thanks for the opportunity to share on such a critical subject. And amen. Let's open in prayer. Father, amen. we thank you. We bless you. Lord, everything that we have, we've received. It's come through through your hand, precious Father. And you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and your beloved Son. 
You've made a way for us to overcome the world, the devil, and our own flesh. And Lord, I pray you would make a way for people's hearts and their and their minds to be opened as they listen to this message so that they could perceive the victory that is awaiting your people if we would merely learn to obey and merely begin to fast and pray. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, it's great to be back, Frank. Amen. Welcome home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fasting and prayer, so critical to the revelation of Scripture, so critical to the ministry of the true servants of the Most High God, and so unpopular in this modern era. Yes. Particularly in the churches of the United States. You know, I would really be interested if, if anybody could take a survey of the church-going public in the United States of how many people actually set aside time to fast and pray. I would venture the guess, because I, I have talked to a fair number of people, and quite candidly, the vast majority of American Christians have never once fasted and prayed for an entire day, even one day. Um, now, there's always a remnant. Thank God, you know, that there are some who are standing in the gap. But the, the experience of the average Christian, they've not even been told Hey, you guys, if you're a believer, part of our service and part of our commitment to the Lord and part of the weapons of our warfare, as you pointed out, Frank, and the means by which we will break through and overcome the devil, the world, and our own flesh, is to learn and to become a disciplined one, to become a disciple who follows the Master in his instructions in fasting and prayer. And it's so systemic. It's throughout the Scripture that men of God from antiquity have appointed times of fasting and prayer. The nation of Israel appointed times of fasting and prayer when the entire country fasted and prayed. The high holy days include days of fasting and prayer that are mandated upon all of Israel. And if you didn't do it, your name was deleted from the book of life. You were subject to the judgment of the Lord for outright rebellion. The practice of gluttony is a sin, but eating overeating and eating for the lust and the pleasure of life is is actually a stronghold of the flesh. But in these last days, that is something nobody wants to address. And, you know, it's just, it's not a topic that the pastors will teach about. You 
know, it's not a topic that you'll normally hear because it tends to offend. And many, many people, when, when confronted with the Scripture that is a commandment that we learn to discipline ourselves and that we are commanded to seek the Lord in, in seasons of fasting and prayer, a large number of Christians will immediately offer an excuse. Well, I'm too this. I'm too thin. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too weak. I'm too this or I'm too that. I'm hypoglycemic. I need to eat, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm too fat. I fast every night when I fall asleep, and I break the fast every morning when I awake. And... And as if that's supposed to be funny. What's happening in in the country and what's happening in, in the kingdom and what's happening in the majority of the Christian homes in America today is is not funny at all. What is happening to the children who are being stolen by the enemy, whether through yes. rebellion or the deceptions that are in the world or the opioid crisis or the call of the new age, or, you know, whatever deception, the rebellion of this ruined and wicked age is capturing the hearts and the minds of a generation. And if we want them back, we're going to learn to break the yoke that's upon their minds. And it's going to require fasting and prayer. And I can prove that to you from the scriptures. And so we're going to get into the word of God. I'm going to lead you through, you know, the clear admonitions in scripture. And then we're going to talk about some of the science behind prayer and fasting. There's two medical doctors, one of whom was a devoted Christian, who studied fasting and praying for really his entire life. And he's, he has gone on to be with the Lord. He actually published a book in the 1930s that is full of incredible information on, on why fasting works, on how to do it most effectively. And we're going to get into some of that as well. Uh, hopefully we'll fit it all in tonight. But, you know, let's let's start with Isaiah 58, which is probably the most famous chapter on fasting. Verse 5, is this the fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. And, and that word in Hebrew is siom, and it literally means to abstain from food. I, and it, it's a tradition in mourning for for losses or for suffering it's a tradition in as part of corporate worship and it's a tradition as part of intercessory prayer that god's people would add to their prayer fasting and prayer and it is an affliction of our soul there's no such thing as fasting from ice cream there's no such thing as fasting from you know a your favorite, I'm going to fast from chocolate for 30 days. Okay, fine, whatever, you know. That's, I have no further comment. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about absolute fasting from food. Now, there, there is such a thing as the Daniel fast, which is a fast of abstinence from all pleasant foods, including cookies, cakes, chips, anything you would be addicted to eat, plus in, excluding Meat, chicken, fish, etc. 
so it, literally just eating like a vegan would for, and, and in Daniel's case, uh, the Daniel fast that's recorded in Scripture lasted 21 days. And if you've never done a complete abstinence from food, you've never fasted long-term uh, from food just using water, perhaps a great way to start is to do a Daniel fast for 21 days. And it sounds rather simple. Don't eat any bread or pleasant food or meats or wine or coffee or alcohol or anything sugary or anything processed. Just eat all natural fruits and vegetables and nuts for 21 days. And around day five or six, you'll begin to see the addictions that were inside of you. Because your body is actually getting the healthiest food that it's had probably in years, but all of the addictions to the processed food that Satan created through his Chaldean-controlled corporations will suddenly be activating in you, and you'll be screaming for high fructose corn syrup, which is the last thing you need. Because if the truth be told, the processed foods that we are consuming actually dull the mind. They dull the spiritual awareness. Amen. Amen. They do. They affect the frontal lobe of your brain, and they bring a fog upon your spiritual discernment. Satan is at war with us. They are at war. They are not taking this like some casual encounter. The kingdom of hell is at war against the people of God, and they are using every available means to attack you. And that includes the food that's being produced by the global corporations. And so fasting is one of the remedies to detoxify your body from the poisons that has been ingested in you through the food you were foolish enough to eat, through the air that's been poisoned that you had to breathe, and through the water that's also contaminated around us on top of all the other toxins. And, and in Scripture, it's very clear, the admonition to fasting and prayer is specifically highlighted for the last days and for the final generation. In the book of Joel, we'll see, the Lord calls the, the last days believers who are witnessing the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, they are specifically commanded to sanctify a time of fasting and prayer, to gather together in solemn assemblies, and to cry out to the Lord for, their self, for the safety, for the lives of their own children that are soon going to be at risk. You would think that Christian mothers would still love their babies. And I know they do, but if they could connect 2 plus 2 and add it up and get to 4, they would understand God knows what he's talking about. And fasting and prayer in this hour is mandatory if you want to protect the ones you love. And our little children, you know, they, they can't fast and pray, you guys, okay? You know, when we fast and pray, we're not talking about the little kids, okay? They, they, when you're fasting and praying, you still make dinner for your kids. I remember some of the long-term fasts I've been on when I had little kids. My, they're grown now, but I remember I would love preparing dinner just because I could smell the food. I wouldn't eat anything for 10 or more days, but 
but I sure loved feeding the children because at least I got to play in the kitchen. <laughs> but anyway, back to the text, back to our scriptures. Isaiah 58, verse 6, Is not this the fast that I've chosen, says the Lord, to loosen the bands of wickedness? And that word is natar, and it literally means to set free, to shake off the, the chains of wickedness. And, and Frank, isn't that what happens when you, when you start fasting? It's like that even the beginning of that first day, you, you can feel. It's almost like you shed your skin, only you're shedding the sin spiritually. It begins to fall right off of you, and you didn't even know you had it on you in the first place. But, but it was there hiding, holding back, resisting the things of the Spirit of God without you even being aware of it. But the fast that the Lord has chosen will loose those bands of wickedness in order to undo the heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Believe me, there are, are a lot of burdens in the house and in the camp of the righteous. There are a lot of people who are calling out, crying out to the Lord, who are oppressed and need to be set free. There are a lot of people that are under the yoke because the ground around us is defiled. So much of the entertainment is satanic. The, the entire rock and roll industry is satanic. People are exposing themselves to all of this satanic so-called entertainment. It's actually witchcraft. It's actually a form of incantation and witchcraft. But, but people are binding themselves with these curses without realizing it. So there's a necessity that somebody with wisdom, somebody who has the inclination to obey the Lord, would actually pick up the burden of fasting and praying that the yokes could be broken. And the Lord goes on in Isaiah 58, 7. He says, is, is not this time to give your bread to the hungry? You know, the money you're saving when you're not eating during times of fasting and prayer, God's saying, give that to the food bank. Take the dinner you would have eaten and give it to the poor. That thou would bring in the poor that were cast out of thy house. When you see the naked, cover him. And hide not yourself from your own flesh. Don't turn away from that family member that's been the continual burden. Well, when you're fasting, go ahead and, and, and give them the, the can of soup. And then in verse 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and your health will spring forth speedily. And, you know, the Lord has promised that if we actually obey him in this and begin fasting and praying, not only will we be able to break the bonds of wickedness and the heavy burdens on the people around us that need prayer and let the oppressed go free and break every yoke that the enemy is bringing against our lives, but the light of God's revelation will come upon you like the light of the morning and your health will recover. It will come forth speedily, and we'll get into the science tonight on exactly how that works scientifically, but that's exactly what ha happens. Your health restores, and your righteousness shall go before you. God's favor and his blessing is restored, and the glory of the Lord will be your reward. So you, you endure the weakening of your flesh, your flesh and and you afflict your soul for a brief little period of time and, it, and you're only hungry for about three days 
and then the hunger pains are turned off. And if you're still griping about food, it's a demon of gluttony you just need to cast out. And all these blessings and victories come to you. And if you draw your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then shall your light rise in obscurity and the, your darkness, the darkness in your life will be like the noonday sun. It will be blown away. And the Lord shall guide you continually. Wouldn't we all like God guiding us right now continually so we don't make any more mistakes? How many of you guys have gone around the mountain one too many times? How many people are wondering, what should I do right now? Do I move? Do I stay? We, you know, the, the days are coming upon us. What do we do? The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in the drought that is coming and make fat your bones, and you will be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. When you make the decision to obey the Lord in fasting and prayer, you set aside the time. You go into your prayer closet and you tell your father that you aren't going to eat anything today unless he feeds you the living manna out of heaven. And that you have nothing other than the living manna. As God says in his word, the Lord will hear you. And he does. The Lord will. Then shall you cry, and the Lord shall answer you. And you will be like a well-watered garden, full of the anointing. Because, you guys, when you actually learn how to do this, and, and we're going to get into the science, you know, you, there are times when you have to break the fast because of strength. There are times when you have to learn to break a fast because of physical work that's required. But you know what? When you're in a season of fasting and prayer, I go back to fasting again. Maybe you fast for four days, and then the Lord tells you you have to eat because there's work that you simply have to do the next day. So you eat. And as soon as you have another break where you can take a few days, you go back to fasting and prayer. Everyone, if you, if you have the weekends off, everyone can begin fasting Friday night when the sun goes down, and you can break the fast Sunday evening and take, you know, take it easy over the weekend and you can get two good days in if you have the kind of job that doesn't require a lot of physical labor maybe you can fast while you're working but all of us can find time to fast and pray and then your deliverance will be like the light of the morning and Isaiah 58 12 and they shall be of those who build the old waste places. These are the people who responded and began to fast and pray in order to break the yoke of the enemy, in order to loose the bands of wickedness from the lives of God's people, in order to let the oppressed go free. They began to fast and pray, and God says, these are the people who are going to build the old waste places. These are the people who will raise up the foundations of many generations, and they shall be called the repairer of the breach. And the restorer of paths to dwell in. And that word for breach in Hebrew is parez or parets. And it's the breaking for, it's the gap. It's the gap in the wall that the enemy broke down where the demonic is pouring in and desolating 
the people of God, and you will be one of the people who stood in the gap and stopped the breach. And then you'll be one of those who will shine like the stars for eternity. And many, many souls, you know, blessed are they who save souls. You know, and it's wise to save souls. It's also wise to pray and fast for other people. It is wise to be one of the few who will stand in the gap. Ezekiel 22, verse 30, the Lord says, I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap, stand in the breach before me for the nation, that it would not be destroyed, but I found no one. This is Exodus, or pardon me, Ezekiel 22:30. There were times when one person could have changed the outcome for the nation. I wonder today how many people are fasting and praying in the church, in the true church of the United States. How many are standing in the gap? Joel chapter 1, verses 14 to 15, sanctify a fast. You who see the day of the Lord coming upon you, call the solemn assembly a small gathering of people who gather together to repent, to humble themselves, to confess their sins one to another, to confess their generational sins of their family bloodlines, and to confess and repent of the sins of the United States of America. In a solemn assembly, gather the elders if they'll come, and the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord and cry out unto the Lord for the day of the Lord is at hand. Amen. Zechariah 8 verse 19 Thus says the Lord of hosts the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh they shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast therefore love the truth and peace. Now that word gladness, it, it's simcha, and it means glee, exceeding joy, a rejoicing. Now, I've actually heard pastors teach that this verse means that the fast should be a feast, and that we should be fasting for joy, and we should all go out to a five-star restaurant and, you know, eat and order dessert as well. Mercy. And that, that the fast that were commanded by the Lord on those various days now should turn into basically a Thanksgiving dinner. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. This is referring to a remnant of people who, when they recognize God has called them to fast and pray, they are happy about it. They're not begrudging, oh, I've got to fast for today. They're excited because they know the Lord's going to hear them. They know heaven will respond. They can't wait to get before the throne of God in fasting and prayer. And so for them, it's exceedingly joyful because they know deliverance is coming. And they know God's going to move. And the price we pay with missing a few meals is nothing. And you know, you guys, your tummy does yell at you. I understand that. Your body, you go through, you go through these, you know, cycles where you feel really energized, you feel really great while you're fasting, then all of a sudden you're just crashing, and you, oh, you have no energy, you can hardly speak, and then and you, you feel energized again, and it kind of goes back and forth, and um, 
but the power of God comes. When you pray, it, it gets different. And when you realize the power that can be unlocked, it's a cause for joy. Jesus himself, in responding to the Pharisees, when they came to him and they said, you know, the disciples of John the Baptist um, are all fast and pray, and, and they said to Jesus, why, why do we fast and pray? And the Pharisees, you know, they're fasting often. And the Satanists, too, you guys, the witches and the Satanists, they're fasting all the time for the power it brings their side. But the, your disciples, they don't fast at all. You know, John's, John the Baptist, his disciples wanted to know, Jesus, how come you, your disciples are not fasting at all? And Jesus' answer was, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? It wasn't appropriate for the disciples to fast while the Lord was with them. Now, the Lord himself, he fasted regularly. He fasted for 40 days before he even began his ministry, but not his little flock. But he said, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then his disciples will fast. All Amen. of them. So if we've never fasted and prayed, you know, technically you really aren't a disciple. You're kind of just a follower from a distance, but you're not a disciplined one. And brothers and sisters, the days have come when we all need to be fasting and praying on some basis now. In Psalm 109, King David wrote, My knees are weak from fasting, and my flesh fails. I find your knees go weak around day 10. And, and it's like, wow. You, you feel it past day 10. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 1 we read, in the 24th day of the month, the children of Israel had assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with the earth or dirt and ashes on their heads. The whole nation had put on sackcloth and had thrown ashes on their heads and had begun fasting, praying, and crying out to the Lord. Can you imagine what would happen if the United States of America, if even just one church were to do this? What if one group of people would all commit themselves to fasting like the nation of Israel did in the time of Nehemiah? And what was God's answer in the time of Nehemiah to the children of Israel who were in captivity in Babylon when they all began fasting and praying and crying out to the Lord? What did God do? Well, let's see. He released them from their captivity. He brought them back to their land, and he rebuilt the temple, and he restored their peace and their prosperity, and their families, and their joy. And the Lord blessed them with every good thing. And all they had to do was humble themselves, seek his face, and fast and pray for a few days. It's not that high a price. When your stomach is screaming at you that you want to eat, what, what I do, I tell myself, I can eat again. You know, I'm not fasting for the rest of my life. I'm not going to starve myself to death. I, you know, at the appointed time, I'm going to eat again. I'm just not eating today. And it, it actually gets a lot easier if you say, you know, whatever it is you're craving, I'm going to get to eat that again. Don't worry about it. 
You know, we're, we're not saying you can never have another meal. It's just a period of time, you guys, to put off the flesh and to empower the spirit. Jesus in Matthew 17:21 tells us this kind goes out only through fasting and prayer. You guys, what we're up against right now, the warfare going on right now, the strongholds that a lot of our friends and family members are facing, even the strongholds in our own lives, the warfare coming against the leadership of the remnant right now is at a level unseen before on this planet. And we are only going to defeat this through fasting and prayer. And just to show you in the time of the apostles, in Acts chapter 27, verse 33, Paul had come upon the believers, and he besought them to take meat, saying to them, this is the 14th day that you've continued fasting. So there's a point where, you know, you set out, like, you know, I've, had great ambitions to do a 40-day fast, only to have the Lord tell me on day 14, no, you need to eat. And here Paul was telling the believers in the book of Acts, you guys have been fasting and praying for 14 days. You need to eat. No doubt Paul had discerned, you know, not everybody can do a 40-day fast. And, and it's not necessary that you, you know, ever even rise to that level. But if you can get past day 7, you're going to see the anointing like you've never seen it. And your vision will go high definition. If you can get past day 10, your body is going to begin to expunge the poisons. You are going to be blown away at what happens to you past day 7 and past day 10. And it's actually not that difficult to get past. Once you get through day 4, you're pretty much done being hungry. But let's get into some of the science behind fasting and praying, and I'm going to first share some comments from a book by Dr. Joel Furman, and the book is entitled Fasting and Eating for Health. Dr. Joel Furman is a medical doctor. He's a genius. He healed himself from an almost incurable uh, injury where his doctors wanted to operate on his foot. He was a world-class figure skater. He refused to, to have them cut out part of his foot. He healed himself through prayer and fasting and ultimately went on to come in third place in the World Figure Skating Championships. So um, Dr. Furman has done extensive research as a medical doctor. I would recommend you guys getting his book, Fasting and Eating for Health. But here are some key concepts or comments. Our bodies are able to restore our health to our joints that have been attacked by arthritis and to restore or to bring us to a level of health health we may never have anticipated. The most amazing results are possible when the body is given a complete rest from the work of digestion of food. The biochemical events that occur in the bloodstream, in your joints, in your fatty tissues, and in the brain produce astonishing results within days of beginning a complete fast. Your joints will cool down as the food that's triggering your arthritis can now be identified, and this disease will often disappear, never to return. Therapeutic fasting accelerates the healing process and allows your body to recover from serious disease in dramatically short periods of time. Yet most of the public and much of the 
medical community is unaware that longer-term fasting is the safest and most effective treatment for many dangerous common illnesses. Our economy is burdened by expensive and yet largely ineffective medical treatments that rely on expensive testing and last-minute heroics to attempt to combat the harmful effects of a nation that is poisoning itself with a disease-causing diet. We now have the most overweight population in the history of mankind. Medical propaganda to the contrary, our adult population has never been more sick, and cancer rates continue to climb, while high-tech medicine, such as drugs and new surgical techniques, aim to reduce symptoms only, none of these treatments address the underlying cause of many of today's diseases, and people are getting sicker and sicker. We live in a society of overfed people who are poisoning themselves with overeating a high-fat, high-protein, and highly refined food diet. The standard American diet, SAD, is truly sad. It is harming our bodies and laying the groundwork for chronic degenerative disease. I would argue it is also blocking your frontal lobe from its normal spiritual discernment and making it difficult, if not impossible, for you to hear the Lord. That's why if you fast, you begin to be guided continually because it will clear out your mind. And the clarity that comes into your mind from long-term fasting is astonishing. We're going to get into the science of exactly how you do that. So, you know, continue to pay attention. Fasting in conjunction with optimal nutrition after and before the fast offers the ability to undo the damage done to your body by the diet of modern society. Modern medicine offers little hope of recovery from a variety of chronic debilitating diseases affecting Western populations, whereas fasting offers real hope. The majority of people who undergo a long-term fast not only improve or recover from what are considered incurable diseases, but they experience physical, psychological, and mental rejuvenation, and that includes spiritual rejuvenation. And these are the breaking of the yokes that Isaiah spoke about in chapter 58. The total water fast, we're going to get into exactly how you do that, because you're going to make this water yourself at home. But the total water fast, using the, the distilled liquids we're going to talk about, is the most effective and safest way to fast. Even in a prolonged fast, lasting from 20 to 40 days, no deficiency diseases develop. Now, if you're going to go out that far, you know, beyond 20, you should probably have somebody checking you. And there are places you can go, you could write me through my website, where medical doctors will supervise a long-term fast, and they'll watch your blood work, they'll, they'll literally manage the process for you. But you can go between 20 and 40 days with no diseases resulting from any deficiency of minerals or nutrients, because the body has the ability to utilize the stored reserves in a precise and balanced manner. 
Now, some people consider fruit or vegetable juice dieting to be fasting. That is not fasting. It's just juicing. And, and juicing can be healthy. And it can be a very great way to prepare yourself for a fast. But in itself, it's not fasting. One cannot achieve the powerful benefits of complete fasting if juices are part of the fast. Biochemically, the body does not enter the protein-sparing fasting state. In that state, the body will conserve your muscle reserves, and it will begin to burn fat cells. Only when there's a total abstinence from all calories do we observe waste products being removed from the body. The water fast will do more than just detoxify the body. It breaks down superfluous tissue, abnormal cells, plaque and tumors and diseased tissues and their cellular products are eliminated. This kind of dramatic detoxification does not occur with any kind of supplemental eating plan. Toxic or unwanted materials circulate in your bloodstream along with thematic tissues and they're deposited in your fat stores. You cannot buy magic in a bottle. Adding supplements to your diet will practically never help you. There's nothing you can take that will accomplish the biochemical changes that occur when you undergo a complete fast beyond three days. The body will not starve, and you will not even feel hungry when fasting because your body is eating. It's consuming the substances that you ate last week, last month, or even last year that were converted into body tissue. And the average individual can fast as far as 40 days without exhausting those nutrient reserves. Animals instinctively fast when they're sick. Hurt people do just the opposite. Rather than changing our diet, we look to consume something that will fix us and make us feel better, turning to drugs to hide the symptoms that should have warned us to begin fasting. Drugs are well recognized as having massive toxic side effects. And if ingested when we are well, they're seen as foolish. Yet suddenly, they're seen as helpful and healing when our bodies are suffering from an illness. But drugging away your symptoms will keep you sick longer and can turn a minor disease into a major one. Healing, true healing and rejuvenation will occur because fasting is an opportunity for the body to take a rest from the stressful elements of life, including physical labor, and emotional stress. Fasting creates an opportunity for the internal organs to take a physiological vacation. It is also very valuable for the treatment of psychological disorders. Fasting has been repeatedly observed to alleviate neuroses, anxiety, and severe depression. It will cleanse your mind and remove the burden from your own soul. Scientific studies have proven fasting improves your ability to adapt to stress and frustration, and most of the chronic diseases people suffer for are not the result of nutritional deficiencies at all. Therefore, worrying about nutrients doesn't result in recovery. The medical profession's primary method over the last century for combating the effects of improper diet and lifestyle has been to use drugs and surgery. We are living wrong, we are eating wrong, and they want to drug you and then start cutting pieces out of you. This approach has not been effective. In almost every medical treatment offered the chronic disease sufferer today attempts to only control symptoms. They provide no cure. 
Modern medicine cannot cure anything because they do not address the cause of disease. Now, I'm quoting Dr. Furman, medical doctor. I am not sharing a medical opinion of my own. I'm quoting the words of a medical doctor. The incidence of chronic disease has increased, and the vast majority of people are still dying from preventable diseases, diet and lifestyle-related illnesses. And I would add, a majority of people are still dying from chronic spiritual disease that can be destroyed by fasting and prayer. And the majority of people are dying and going to hell with lifestyle-related sins that can be reversed through fasting and prayer. Most people do not comprehend the relationship between the food they eat and the lifestyle they live and the chronic illnesses they will face in, later in life, such as arthritis, osteoporosis, recurring infections, allergies, asthma, and autoimmune disorders. We live in a modern society where suffering from preventable illness is the norm. Half of us will die from totally avoidable diseases, such as heart disease. And the majority who don't die from heart disease will die from cancer. Millions suffer from these diseases. We do not need to be a nation of medical dependents, visiting physicians, and taking drugs in a futile attempt to combat the effects of our disease-producing modern diet. And so the cure is to learn how to fast and pray, and then to gain wisdom on how to eat wisely. The common pattern is a tragedy of modern life. It is commonly accepted that we will live and suffer with medical problems, take medications recommended by physicians, and then die or become physically or mentally crippled in our final years. This pattern is a tragedy and can be avoided. Disease, dementia, and disability associated with aging are all unnatural and the result of improper diet and improper lifestyle. I went to the emergency room for a, a cut a while back. They couldn't believe I'm not on medications. Uh, I'm in my early 60s. 99% of the American public apparently is on medications. I'm on the ice playing ice hockey with a bunch of 20-year-old guys. But I've learned the secrets of proper eating, and also I've put into practice the secrets of long-term fasting. And it can renew your health. Ladies, these long-term fasts can take the wrinkles out of your face. and That's not an exaggeration. Get the book. Um, I'm going to talk about in just a second, and, and Frank, maybe you can put a link up. It's The Process of Physical Purification by Teofilo De La Torre, and it's T-E-O-F-I-L-O-D-E-L-A-T-O-R-R-E. And you can get the book on Amazon. And he shows you his picture before and after a long-term fast. And, and other people with incurable diseases where they wanted to amputate one man's leg. Forty days after, after fasting, he's healed. And his leg is fine. Dr. Latore fasted like this every year. You can see his face. He looks 20 years younger. Why waste all that money on skin cream? All you have to do is develop a discipline of long-term fasting, and the wrinkles will come out of your face. When I tell people how old I am, they can't believe it. I don't look my age. Why? Long-term fasting and healthy diet and healthy lifestyle. 
The manner of moderate fasting over every weekend is a good way to start. Correctly, breaking a long-term fast is very important. If you're going to actually get out beyond day 10, you should definitely get um, either Dr. Furman's book or get the book, uh, Process of Physical Purification, by Dr. De La Torre. Um, I won't go through the details, but it's important that you gradually come off with small amounts of fruit and vegetables. You, know, you don't go out and eat a steak the first night you're breaking a long-term fast. Okay, these are quotes from Dr. Latore's book. In order to obtain a clear understanding of the marvelous benefits of fasting for purification of the body, and in order to prevent untold amounts of suffering and preserve the vitality of your life, it will be of great importance to give a brief summary of how disease occurs in you in the first place. And Frank, let's do a time check. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to go at least 15, 20 over. Is that all right? Yeah, we're am good. I, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Am I good? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too fast. I know people are trying to process this. I apologize. Okay, Benjamin, how I, have the, I have the link up there already for the six rules on how to fast, and I think some of that on, on how to come off the fast is in there. So just for y'all's know, um, knowledge, that's on the show link, so you can check that out at the bottom. Right on. Okay, um, diseases are caused by violating the laws of life, according to Dr. De La Torre. The enemies of our human life listed in the order in which they came into existence. Number one, intense cold. Two, defective elimination. Unnatural food, irritating spices, alcoholic beverages, drugs, serums, and vaccines, impure water, impure air, demineralization of the soil, poisoning of our foods by the spraying of pesticides, and lastly, fear and worry, which creates stress. Devitalized food. Excessive heat, when applied to food during the cooking process, disintegrates the natural enzymes and the natural vitamins in most foods, destroying entirely some of the vitamins and reducing the life-giving power of the food. Mankind ignorantly committed another diet error when we began to denature our foods by removing the exterior coat of grains, thereby removing most of the precious organic mineral salts and vitamins that result in the demineralization, which contributes to chronic disease, premature old age, and early death. Irritating spices. In order to impart flavor to our food, to our unnatural and dead food, we've resorted to using spices and condiments which create an unnatural appetite, which motivate us to overeat a diet of dead and decomposing food, adding insult to injury and causing many people to saturate their bodies with toxic waste products resulting from an excessive amount of unnatural, dead, or processed food. Alcoholic beverages, another drain on the vitality of life in our organism. In order to overcome their deteriorating health, People resort to stimulants such as alcohol or caffeine, which causes a temporary sensation of relief, which leads people to believe that the stimulation has given them strength, when in fact they're actually weakening their adrenal systems. 
which have already been depleted. So it's a vicious cycle. It's the heroin addict who needs another fix. And he's convinced that the heroin is actually making him feel better when in reality he's digging a deeper hole of addiction. The same thing happens with the caffeines, with the sugars, with the alcohol. You know, Satan's in the food business, you guys. He owns it. The Illuminati own the major food companies. I always wondered when I was running money on Wall Street, why did the why did you know the Chaldean elite buy all the food companies? They're lousy investments. They don't make that great a profit. They don't pay out that much dividend. I wouldn't want to own them. They don't grow very much. They're kind of like non-performing stocks, right? Yeah, except you get to control the food your slave population eats. That can be very profitable, right? So that's what's going on with the processed food, people. Um, Drugs as well, where we gradually uh, resort to poisonous drugs. You know, and without our knowledge, these drugs and these vaccines are administering foreign matter into our bloodstream, which is, you know, he, he, the doctor quotes it as the most diabolical and injurious of all inventions. And it's true, you know, injecting poison into people is really not good for their health. He, he describes vaccines as a relic from an ignorant, primitive, savage time rather than something modern so-called civilized doctors should be doing to their patients. We can thank the Chaldeans for this insanity and their massive control of our media and for the fact that the common citizens of Babylon all believe in this madness to the point that they want to force it upon you at the point of a gun. Impure water. It can contain the city water that we drink. Even the bottled water can contain so much carbonate and sulfate matter that it's been calculated that the average person drinking a daily quantity of water within 40 years would take into their body as much calcareous material as would make a pillar of solid chalk the size of an average man. This plus fluoride added to the drinking water chokes our systems. If, and the amazing thing is our body through our kidneys and our skin continually throws off these poisons but we can reach a tipping point where we can't remove them as fast as they're being absorbed and then they begin to accumulate in our cellular structure. Impure air saturates us with poisonous carbon monoxide, smoke, soot, and ash creating respiratory disorders. Minute amounts of these of these emissions actually end up in our bloodstream. I had my blood work analyzed under a dark field microscope, and, and the doctor is looking at it. I'm like, what's that? He's, oh, that's a car part. That's, bre- that's a brake. That's brake lining. What do you mean I got brake lining in my blood? Because it, it was ingested. The brakes ground up the, the brake lining, and it turned into to microscopic particles. And, and you breathe it when you're driving down the highway, and it passes through your lungs into your bloodstream. And we got brake parts in our blood, people. How badly do we need to detox? We got nano aluminum in our bloodstream passing through the blood brain barrier, creating a sort of a synthetic antenna so that we can receive the radio waves. 
So it's really it's incumbent upon us to be wise as serpents in this time because we are living with serpents every day. Fatty degener- degeneration of ourselves occurs as abnormal deposits within the protoplasm of your cells. An excessive consumption of carbohydrates starts with sugars and fats, and this occurs in people who are leading, particularly leading sedentary lives. Mucus degeneration. Now, for you dairy lovers, and dairy really should be out of all of our diets, please don't tell me you drink milk. If you do, stop and get rice milk or something. But milk is literally a, a glass of pus. 250 million pus cells in an 8-ounce glass of milk. Everybody does not need 250 million pus cells in their, in their body because this mucus accumulates within your cell structure as a sticky, ropey consistency, and it reduces the vitality. Of, of, it reduces your mobility. It reduces the flow of all of the nutrients. This excessive mucus degeneration at the cellular level occurs in people who consume large amounts of animal products, such as eggs, meat, fish, chicken. And it basically causes your body to be unable to eliminate other toxins. The calcification of your body from the deposit of calcium phosphate, calcium carbonate, and other salts within your cells. This occurs in your arteries, and it's called arteriosclerosis, and it's a major cause of heart disease, and it's really just the calcification of your body. results in high blood pressure and, and severe heart issues. As the calcium is accumulated, the body changes its flexibility from the normal flexibility of childhood into evil rigidity of old age, and it's all because we're being poisoned. The process of body purification is the remedy for all of these maladies. Through the purification of, of water fasting, you can immensely shorten the recovery period. In fact, persons who would need years to purify their body through just detoxing alone can accomplish the same purification in a few months of alternative fasting and a natural health diet. It's impossible to renew the health of your body, and I would say also to renew the spiritual health of your soul unless the old cells that are diseased and filled with uric acid and calcium deposits and other pathogenic substances are eliminated from your organism. This process of purification must precede the time of healing and regeneration. Fasting is nature's greatest remedy to preserve and prolong the life of human beings, and it's God's medical remedy to restore your spiritual well-being at the same time. And the Lord told us, your health will be restored. Okay, that's God giving you in one sentence what I'm taking an hour to explain. Your health will improve if you would learn to obey the Lord and begin periodic longer-term fasting. During a longer-term fast, the human body is literally forcing out the toxins, the uric acids and the other waste products. In addition, longer-term fasting will restore the chemical balance of your tissues as your body is purified. Fasting reverses the two primary causes 
of premature old age and premature death. One, it reverses the accumulation of these calcareous deposits, acids, etc. And second, through fasting, other toxins are also expunged from the system. I've got friends and family members my age that have a hard time walking up the stairs. I throw on ice skates and go play ice hockey, you guys. Most people who are, you know, older have accepted the destruction of their health as a natural consequence of aging, but it's not. It's a natural consequence of eating the wrong foods and then ignoring the commandments of the Lord and destroying your health the good old American way, using the standard American diet. Fasting is not only the oldest cure, but it's the best cure for the natural process of healing. In, throughout ancient history, fasting was practiced as a healing aid from the beginning of recorded time. People not only practice fasting for the recovery of their health and the preservation of their youth, but also for spiritual illumination. The Greeks believed only a 40-day fast could train your mind sufficiently to begin studying teachings of the mysteries of the spiritual world. We know from the Bible the patriarchs all fasted and frequently. Moses, Elijah, David, and others fasted for 40 days. Jesus fasted 40 days before he began his ministry. From ancient times, mankind has been governed by the sin of gluttony. Thus they would saturate their bodies with toxic waste products, so it became necessary to observe times of fasting in order to purify their temple. Has it ever occurred to any of us that the first commandment that God ever gave mankind was abstinence from a particular food? That's right. The very first issue was over food and what we could or should not eat. And he forbade Adam and Eve to eat from the knowledge, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus himself, as I mentioned, he fasted periodically. Moses, Elijah, Paul, they all fasted regularly. Under the writings of the Hebrew prophets, fasting was a form of contrition, and it was, a, it was part of the commitment to return to the Lord, to humble ourselves, to afflict our flesh, and to, and to seek the face of Almighty God. And that was a, a part of Christianity as well, the idea of fasting, you know, the concept of Lent, a period of, of fasting and afflicting yourself, was even part of the early church. But the Protestant Reformation changed all that. Because, and on, you know, I thank God for the Protestant Reformation, but they didn't go far enough, in my opinion. Now we're going to get the remnant Reformation, and we're going to finish the return to the truth of the new covenant. One of the errors of the Protestant Reformation was a confusion between the doctrine of justification and the doctrine of sanctification. And justification is our legal standing before God because we have repented and been born again in Jesus. And now our legal standing has been assured. We, are, we have received the holiness of Jesus we're no longer guilty before the throne of God. But our life and our body still needs to be sanctified, and that process requires us to overcome the flesh, to put off our sin, 
attitudes and sin behaviors and to begin to fast and pray that we could overcome first our flesh and then the devil and ultimately the world. And the Protestant reformers ultimately confused justification and sanctification and so they argued there's no need to sanctify it's all in the justification therefore there's no need to fast there's no need for abstinence there's no need to afflict the flesh since jesus paid for everything and all the sins of mankind were placed on him and him alone he did everything we can't we don't have to do anything jesus paid for it all you get to do nothing except for that's a lie the scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God working through you and in you. Jesus commanded us, my disciples will all fast and pray. Do you want to be a disciple of the Lord? Then join the team. It's part of the initiation, if you would. It's actually part of the constant, the regular consecration that we would cleanse our bodies and renew our minds by putting off the things of the flesh, weeding our, weakening our flesh, and devoting ourselves to times of prayer along with fasting. And it's critical for the kingdom now. This Protestant error that we don't need to do anything, um, you know, it's going to be eradicated in the time that is ahead of us. Everyone who believes in this is going to be removed. And only those people that have actually pursued sanctification are going to be part of the remnant you know and i'm not making this up guys this is the way it is reality what a concept you know jesus said pray without ceasing that you be found worthy to escape all these things wait a minute if the doctrine of justification was all we needed why would once we've been saved and now justified why would we need to pray without ceasing that we would be found worthy? Because we also have to be sanctified. And that word comes from the word sanct, which means saint. We have to be sanctified. You need to become like a saint, which means you need to learn to overcome your sin, to overcome your flesh, to overcome the devil, and to ultimately overcome the world. And the place we start is with our little tummy. Fasting and prayer. It's, it's not that hard, you guys. There was nothing more common in the early church days than fasting. And there's no greater modern heresy than the teaching that God makes light of the sins in the lives of the church and requires nothing of believers other than believing in the name of Jesus. Go read the whole counsel of the Word of God. There are things required of us. And if we want to be the people on that day whom the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, then we will learn to walk like a disciple. And we will learn to discipline ourselves. And all of the disciples learn to fast and pray. You know, the deception of that justification was the only issue in the church caused a generation of people to excuse their sin. But Paul was opposed to this. He taught the opposite. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul said, I chastise my body and keep it under subjection. He was talking about periodic and regular fasting. 
fasting from the food of this life, fasting from the entertainment of this world, fasting from the pleasures of the flesh, chastising his body, and making his spirit man strong. The law of retribution, the law of consequences, is part of the laws of the universe. If we intentionally do foolish things, we will receive, we will reap. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap the reward. God is not mocked. The law of consequences. Now, the Lord might bail us out once or twice, but if we continue to go back to the stupid decisions, God will ultimately let us learn through the consequence of our ways. The scripture says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. So I'm trying to equip you with some knowledge tonight on why it is so important that you develop a discipline of fasting and praying. You know, not as a yoke of bondage, but as a a, a key of wisdom that you would understand like the ancients did. This is the doorway to break through to the presence of God and to break through the, the bondages and the burdens and the hindrances of the evil one that we could overcome the dragon and we could begin to walk in the victory. The wonderful effects of scientific fasting are possible. They can even be accomplished in a few months of fasting. And I don't mean you fast for several straight months, but what he's talking about is several fasts of durations anywhere from you know, four days, ten days, twelve, fourteen, fasting periodically several times over over several months will change your health. And it will occur so fast. It's so powerful. Here's this is what Dr. De La Torres said. The process of proper fasting is so powerful that we can say there are no incurable diseases. There are only incurable people who refuse to receive the wisdom and refuse to pay the price that is required for physical healing. And there are people who are also incurable spiritually because they refuse to touch not the unclean thing. They refuse to humble themselves. They refuse to forgive. They refuse to obey. They only believe. And they will be found among the many on that day crying out, Lord, Lord, we believed. And we even belonged to a charismatic church, and we prophesied in your name. And we did miracles. And we got all the proof that a spirit was operating in our lives. And Jesus is going to say, not my spirit, because I never knew you. And if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you don't belong to the kingdom of the Holy One. Because the Spirit bears witness in us that we are the children of God. And it bears witness with our spirit. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to put fear or a yoke upon you guys. I'm just trying to affirm the word of truth. There are people in the charismatic or charismatic, whatever you want to call it, in that movement 
And Jesus himself said, they're going to say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. And, and, and he's going to say, I never knew you. And they're going to say, but we did these power works. We prophesied. We healed the sick. We, we did the miracles. What do you mean you didn't know us? And he's going to say, sorry, I didn't know you. Well, in order to confirm, in order to make our salvation sure, brothers and sisters, fasting and prayer is the best way to enter the presence of the Holy One. It is also the shortest road to health and longevity. The reason is the human body has an immense capacity to store within its tissues an incredible amount of poison and foreign matter before pain and disease ever make their first appearance. Even after discomfort and pain have disappeared, there will remain in most, of, in, in most people within the cell structures large quantities of waste products that need to be disintegrated and eliminated, these being mucus, pus, acids, and calcareous deposits. They must be removed before permanent health can be restored. These accumulated poisons did not come from merely eating the wrong food. They came from the entire environment around you. And they also came from eating the right food, but when it was eaten excessively and therefore could not be properly digested. And this is often the case of people with physical or mental disorders. Eating makes us feel good. If we're depressed, if we're lonely, if we're sad, a lot of people resort to to the pleasure of food to help them feel better. And so they overeat. They eat excessively. They eat to the point of gluttony. It's a, a pleasure addiction to a wounded heart. And as a result, because they're overeating, they're not digesting properly. And now the food, which itself may have been healthy, it also becomes a toxic poison producer. And it becomes impacted it becomes partially digested, it begins to rot, and this impacted, dead, decaying, diseased flesh accumulates in them, and you could say, you're full of, well, dead, dying, diseased, decaying flesh and, and other food products that, have, that are now basically reduced to fecal matter, but you're full of it, literally, and it's autotoxic to your system. By using the scientific method that we're now going to discuss with the water extracts, we're going to create alkaline water filled with minerals and natural vitamins along with organic salts that are going to flush your system in a literally a bath of the perfect nutrients you need to keep your electrolyte levels positive so that you don't succumb to that, oh, I'm dying feeling in day two or three of your fast, and we will keep your body system full of minerals, vitamins, and the organic healthy salts that it needs to literally detox with the minimum of difficulty or damage to your system. And it will make it possible for you to, un to actually undertake a very long-term fast with relative comfort. Even elderly people can use the method I'm now going to describe for you, and it's awesome. And at this, when I do fasting beyond one day, I always use Dr. De La Torre's method, and he discovered this. He's a genius. And before you start the fast, before I get into the formula, it is vitally important that you, if you're going to go beyond one day, it's 
vitally important that you cleanse your colon because you don't want, um, once you get to day seven, the body begins detoxing and the poisons are going to pour out of your intestines. And you don't want them full of poison at the same time because the poisons will then reabsorb and you will experience autotoxic shock syndrome and you're not going to like that. You're going to feel really sick. You're going to be like, I can't fast. It's killing me. No, the fast isn't killing you. The fact that your colon is toxic is what's making it impossible to you, for you to fast. So we're going to start by cleansing the colon, and we recommend a Baltone product. Um, you can find them on the Internet. It's basically a fiber product. Uh, you could also use a coffee enema on the first or second day. If you don't know how to do that, go on the Gerson.org, uh, G-E-R-S-O-N, Gerson.org, O-R-G, and under the Gerson method, they'll tell you all about it. Um, but we must cleanse the colon in order to remove the residue that would otherwise remain and, you know, would result in the reabsorption of toxics, of toxins into your system, causing headaches, excess fatigue, uh, just a feeling of just lousy. All of that can be avoided. Okay, the formula for making the water extract that you're going to drink while you're fasting is to take distilled water. You need a large glass bottle, probably like a quart or, or so with a large open mouth. We're going to fill the glass container with the following organic vegetables. We're going to use carrots, beets, and celery. You're going to wash them. You're not going to peel them, but you're going to wash them and I prefer using, uh, in your sink, create some water, pour in organic salts or natural salts or sea salts, a couple tablespoons, chop up a lemon and fully squeeze one or two lemons into the water, mix the salt, fully absorb the salt, the lemon juice and the salt mix together to form a natural version of hydrochloric acid. It's totally healthy for you, but it will assist in cleaning your vegetables. Now we're going to wash our carrots, our beets, and our celery, scrub them down real well. I use my onion. I cut it into four pieces. I use it like a sponge to rub all my little vegetables. And then we're going to prepare six parts by weight carrots, four parts by weight beets, or two parts by weight salary, or you can kind of eyeball it. I used to measure it out real accurately. Now I kind of know what it looks like, and I just throw it together pretty quickly. You can add two peppermint leaves to the mixture if you want um, for flavor. I don't care to do that. Um, I just skip that. It doesn't matter to me. What you end up with, you fill the container with the vegetables in that order. Then you fill it with distilled water. You put it in, in the refrigerator for at least three hours. I tend to just leave it overnight. The next morning, you have a vegetable version of cherry Kool-Aid full of electrolytes. The distilled water has leached all of the electrolytes, all of the vitamins, all of the minerals, and the organic salts have been leaching out of those vegetables. I pull the bottle out of the fridge. I sit it on my counter, and I let it begin to warm up. Then I will pour a half a glass of this very red mixture because of the beets. I'll fill half a glass, and then I fill the glass with, with regular filtered water. And you drink as many of those as you want during the day, eight or more. The vegetables must be cut in small pieces and thoroughly washed, but do not peel. 
And by small pieces, I'm talking about inch square, little inch cubes, half-inch cubes. Just chop them up, throw them into the, into the glass container and fill it with the distilled water. Um, at least six hours, although I prefer to leave it in the jar all night. Once you've completely emptied the, the water and drank it all, you can refill that container and charge the distilled water a second time. But at that point, the vegetables will be pretty well ready for the compost pile. So you're going to have to make up a new batch of vegetables later. After the second day, the doctor re recommends taking um, a small teaspoon, maybe a half a teaspoon, of honey with each drink. And be sure to take the honey off of your little spoon and kind of swish it around in your mouth. Let the saliva react because the saliva will begin the digestion of this little bit of honey and and I don't remember the medical property and why you do that but it's doing something to the alkaline character of your blood this juice this distilled water that we're creating it's totally alkaline and it changes your system into a completely alkaline system within two days and most of us if you touch if you were to test your pH you will find you are acidic because all the processed food is acidic, all of the cooked food is acidic, pretty much all of your food is acidic. And so vast majority of us have acidic blood. And acidic blood is home sweet home to virtually every virus and bacteria known to man. Alkaline blood, it's almost impossible to get sick. And so part of the healing process is we're turning your blood alkaline. And you're really going to love how it feels. Um, the teaspoon of honey can be added to each glass after the first two days of the fast. If it's cold, if you're fasting you know, in a part of the world where it's cold outside, you can heat the water extract a little bit, or you can start your day with filtered water and a little bit of lemon juice, warm water with some drops of a natural lemon. And that's kind of a great way to start before you begin drinking the extract. Who needs to fast? every person whose body is saturated with morbid waste products. Man is a glutton by nature. He overeats whenever he has the opportunity. Fasting gives your body the opportunity to dissolve and eliminate these pathogenic accumulations and restore the proper chemical balance to your body and to your mind. How long should you fast? Your body will tell you. Once you get out past day four, you won't be hungry. If, you, if you're lusting for food after day four, that's a gluttony issue. Cast it out and go on with the fast. At day seven, you definitely want to visit day seven because that's the one when the Lord really pours out the anointing. Your vision goes high definition. It is simply incredible. Your mind is so clear. Issues you were just confused about, you didn't know what to do. Suddenly it's crystal clear what you need to do. And then past day seven... It really gets awesome. The doctor recommends you do not stop the fast on a multiple of seven. So you wouldn't stop the fast at day 14 or 21 or 28 or 35. You would stop it at either slightly before or after the seven multiple. The reason for that is the body goes through a healing process every seven days where, and if you get past day seven, you'll, you'll see this for yourself, you will begin to just expunge toxins. You'll be coughing it up. You'll be sneezing it out. It'll be literally coming out of your skin. You should do a detox bath two to three days because, believe me, the poison.
poisons are going to pour out of you. Now, when do you stop the fast? Once you get past day seven and you've dealt with the gluttony issue, if you actually get hungry again, that's the sign it's time to stop the fast. Or if the Lord tells you, stop the fast. Or in my case, one fast that I was on, after about day 12, so much poison was coming out of my body, I began to get burned. I was getting burns with blisters. And I was like, okay, I'm done burning. <laughs> I'm breaking the fast. But that was Benjamin, the only time. Five and, a half um, minute, five and a half minutes left, Benjamin. Thank you. So, I mean, you'll know, you know, if you get past day seven, you get out to 10, you get out to 12, you'll know, believe me, when, when you finally break the fast, and, and if you get past day 10, you know, do so very cautiously. Eat a little bit of, of you know, applesauce or, or eat a little bit of a, of a grapefruit. Just start consuming small quantities for the first 12 hours. Um, but I can guarantee you, as when you break the fast, you'll be thinking, oh, the food is going to taste so good. And as soon as you break the fast, you're going to think, oh, why did I do that? Why did I break the fast? I had all that work, and I was just doing so great. And as soon as you break the fast, you're going to realize, wow, the flesh just comes right back into the forefront. And you realize how powerful the fast really was. And, and so... You know, you guys that really want to move forward with the Lord, this is the method. I remember the dream that I had uh, a couple years back, and I was getting on an airplane flight, and I had fallen asleep at the gate when we were leaving, and the plane had already taken off. And I woke up, and we were already in the air, and I looked out the window, and the plane was flying 10 feet over the ground. And I could see the streetlights going by the wings, and we were flying over a major highway and it looked like rush hour because i could see the highway curving to the right on the side of the plane i was looking out the window and and it was all brake lights as far as i could see it and the plane's going about 10 miles an hour 10 feet off the ground in stop and go traffic and i'm thinking well are we crashing you know how is this even possible i turned to the passenger next to me and i said you know what is wrong with why are we flying up barely off the ground and he said to me, well, everybody on this airplane wants to eat, and there's no food on this flight, so the pilot is flying us to the next airport in this same city so we can get some food. And I said, you know, can't we just skip the food? I want to fly fast. I don't want to go slow, and I want to fly 40,000 feet, not 10 feet off the ground, and I want to get somewhere not just go to the same city. And Besides, airplane food isn't even that good. What are we talking about here? And, of course, you know, the, the message of the dream was that's what fasting is all about. Do you want to go slow? Do you want to make spiritual progress in your walk with the Lord as if you're moving forward at 10 miles an hour? Or do you want to move at 600 miles an hour? Do you want to fly at 10 feet off the ground like you're in rush hour traffic? Or do you want to fly at 40,000 feet? above the eagles and do you want to basically make it to the edge of your same town that day or do you want to be with me in jerusalem because we're going to be there in a day and so you know the answer is quite clear uh, forget that airplane food you guys this fasting is not that difficult and you know what if you try to fast and you fail don't beat yourself up i failed a lot you know it, it doesn't matter just start again 
You know, you fast for four days and then suddenly you have to eat a meal. Great, eat a meal. Pray about starting again. You get the next week, you start again. You make two days. If you eat a meal, it doesn't matter. Start again. Believe me, it will begin to work. And this water extract will help tremendously. You know, using this method of fasting will eliminate emotional baggage, depression, the, you know, the emotional fatigue, minutes, the confusion. Benjamin. It's gone. It literally can be gone from your life. Amen. Frank, uh, we good? Amen. Yes, folks, please. There's two links right now. I'll put the third link to the book, but there will be two links for sure that you need to check out. There's one. There are two PDFs. Physical Purification in that one has the recipe for the water. Trust me, you'll know by day two when you've drank it all through. It's time to refresh. It'll get clear. You're going to want to rebuild it again and cut up some more vegetables. You're going to love it. The other one is the six rules on how to fast. Pay very close attention, folks, if I can give you one piece of advice. The amount of days you fast over, if you go past three days, take that long to break out of the fast. Your stomach will thank you. If you break fully, you will harm your stomach. Be careful. It's how to do it in there. Take it gently, getting back into eating, and it will be a blessing, and it will change your life. Benjamin, thank you for all this great information. Uh, hey, a powerful welcome, show. Hey, God bless you, folks. This is, God said, break every yoke. I don't know what you're su struggling or suffering with. God gave a way out. It's not that you're going to earn it. It's that you're going to empty yourself, and he's going to pour himself right in. With that, this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Hey,